0: Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. I'm just going to read our our text to us, the words of Jesus. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open." Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so, you know, the longer that I've been a parent of three little kids, the more I understand how I relate to God as a child, in particular as his child. What I love about this passage of scripture that we're going to be in today is that Jesus, he tells us what to do, and then he tells us the reason why we should do it. You know, this is every day of mine and my wife's life with our little kids. We are constantly instructing our kids, hey, you know, pick up your room, like, you know, put your toys away. Don't throw that trash in the floor, put it in the trash can. And it feels like our whole life is just like barking orders. And 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 you wanna know that the number one question that is asked from our kids in our house? Why? Yeah, one person knew that answer. And, You've never asked that question before. No, it's, it's why. And, and so every time we ask our kids to do something, it's why, dad? Why, dad? Why? And, 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 he, and what I love about this text is, is that God knows our hearts. You've been reading the Bible or man, you feel like God was speaking to you and the, and the very first inclination of your heart is to ask that same question to God. Why? Why? Like, do you ever ask God that question? Why? Or are you just this perfectly, you know, compliant, obedient child of his that God speaks and you're like, yes, sir, I got this. No, so much of, of who we are is, is this inquisitive nature. What, why God? We, we want to know, and I love that Jesus, he gives us the explanation right after the instruction. And so I wanna look at these few verses this morning. I want us to look at the instruction that he gives us and I wanna hone in on the explanation, but I wanna really invite us and encourage us in this space um, to pay attention to what we learn about God through what Jesus is teaching us here about him. And so no doubt Jesus is giving us some instruction, but I also believe that he's showing us some deeper truths about who God is and how it is that we are to relate and interact with God as God's children. And so Jesus starts out this most, fami- most famous of his teachings, this, the Sermon on the Mount, one of his very first um, times when he, he begins his ministry. And these are his words. He says, ask and it will be given to you. So some of you, this is the very first time you've, you've heard these words from scripture. You know, Jesus is not giving us a general principle about how all of life works. He's not saying that every time you ask for something, Logan, you're gonna, you're gonna get, anytime you ask anyone for something, you're going to get it. You know, our experience has taught us that. You ask the girl out, and sometimes she says no. You apply for the job, sometimes it's no. What Jesus is talking about is not some general principle about how life works. No, he's he's talking about what happens when you and I begin to open our mouths and deeper than that, when we start opening our hearts to the living God in prayer. Jesus says, you you need to know, I've, I've been by the Father's side. I know what he's like. This is how God is that when you ask, you will receive See, I believe that what he's wanting us to understand about God is that God is interested in blessing us. That in these few verses, that he's wanting us to understand that God is interested in taking care of us, that that he wants us as his children to come to him and ask. He wants us to understand that God is available, that he's resourceful, that he is willing to meet us in our prayers, that he is willing to give us what we need. And some of you, you know, you, you heard that, asking will be given to you. And the very first inclination of your heart was to go, nah, that's not true. That's not been my experience. I asked for something and I didn't receive it. So, so since that's not my experience, this can't be true. And I know that some of you are sitting here in this place and, and you go, I've been asking. And I have asked and I haven't received. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we get there, I specifically want to ask those of you who are followers of Jesus, <clears throat> how many times have you asked God for something? Just think about all the little prayers that we pray. Think about the prayers, the prayers that we pray in our family. We're traveling somewhere. God, would you just help us to get there safely? Like it's a real prayer request that we ask. Pray over my kids tonight. God, protect them. Fill their dreams. Let them hear your voice. Let them know who you are from a young age. Think about the prayers that you've prayed. God, will you bring a friend into my life? I'm lonely. Think about how many of you guys have prayed that prayer. God, will you help me pay the bills this month? God, will you heal my aunt? God, will you help me get into that college? God, will you bring a godly man or a godly woman into my life? And I wonder what the ratio is if we could see every prayer that has been prayed and how many of those prayers have actually been answered. If you're like me, you've got this long list of ever-growing requests for God. Like I'm never short on asking God for things. There's always this this ever-growing list of things that I'm asking God for. And yet I can tell you the one thing that I've been praying for that God hasn't answered. How many of us, how rarely do we stop to, to think about the things that God has, the ways that God has been faithful to his word here? How often do we, do we stop and thank God for the little ways that, that he answers us? And what I love about Jesus, he's teaching us about the father. He's teaching us about this mysterious God that, that we cannot see. He, he, he wants you to come to him. Think about my, my dad growing up, and I remember on, on Sunday nights, our family had this you know tradition we, we would go to church on Sunday nights, and then afterwards I would go out and I would hang out with my friends and, and we would eat and, and, and so you know I would go to my dad, I have these specific memories going to my dad in the kitchen, "Hey, Dad, can I have some money to go eat supper tonight, and him pulling out his black billfold and you know giving me some money and, 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 and I think about like. Growing up, hey, dad, can, can you help me change the oil on my truck? I don't know how to do that. Or dad, hey, would you mind coming home from work early? I want to work on my curveball and I want you will, you, will you catch for me? And, and this is the way that, that a relationship works in family, that, that a child comes to their parent and says, dad, can I have? Mom, can I have? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way that it should be. And he's wanting us to understand that we are God's children. And part of what that means is that you and I, we come to God and we ask freely. My kids have no problem asking for anything. In fact, they keep asking over and over and over again for the same things. He wants us to ask. You know, sometimes God just gives us good things without asking. There's this beautiful passage in scripture that God, that Jesus taught us. He says that he causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. So 2000 years ago, and in an agricultural society, people that were hearing this, rain was everything. If your family's, you know, livelihood depends on your garden growing, what do you need for your garden to grow? You need water, and what he was saying is that that sometimes God just blesses all of of God's creation because God is good. A lot of times Courtney, or me, but a lot more times Courtney will, will make lunch for the kids before they're even thinking about it. She just knows they're gonna be hungry, and so we're preparing. We're, we're, we're anticipating this, this moment. And, and, and so when they're hungry, it is ready for them. And there are other times when I'm right in the middle of something. And I look and I'm like, oh, it's 11 o'clock. It's, it's lunchtime when, when they usually eat. And instead of stopping what I'm doing, I'm going to wait for them to ask. And you guys are judging me. You're like, what kind of a terrible father are you? See, it's not because I'm not a good dad. It's not because I'm neglecting them or withholding good things from them. But through them asking, they learn to verbalize. They learn to articulate what it is that they want. And they learn an even deeper meaning. They learn that their father listens to them. That there's real power in their words. See, it's about development. It's about trust. It's even about discipleship. See, Jesus is teaching us here to to verbalize and to articulate to God what it is that we want. Not just the big things, but the small things. God, I need your help with this presentation tomorrow. I need your wisdom for this meeting. I need help with this parenting decision. We turn to God and we lay our request before him because we discover that he hears us. And when you discover that the God of the universe actually hears you and answers you, it, 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 it makes you come alive. You start to develop trust in God. You have this whole reservoir to draw from of God's faithfulness that helps us keep walking with God in the hard, in the dry moments. Ask, it'll be given to you. Now, what about the prayers that weren't answered? Some of you, you're here today and you've been so turned off from God. You've been so turned off from prayer and it's amazing that you're here. Seriously, what an honor to even be here with you this morning. What about those of you who come here this morning and you go, this is not true. If it's still appropriate, keep asking. Ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. You see, the one who asks when it's received, the one who asks and asks and asks when it is received, they respond with gratitude and a thankfulness that is not forgotten. You know, I think about, there's this kid that I know and there's some serious complications when the kid was in, in the womb. And in fact, it when the baby was born, it didn't even look like there was a good chance that the baby was going to make it. And I remember just praying and just praying and just praying, and me and Courtney, just praying on behalf of this child, God spare their life, God spare their life, God spare their life, and God spared the kid's life. And every time I see that kid now, you know what I think about? I think about the faithfulness of God. I'm going, God, you heard us. And I see that kid and I'm like, you have no idea how, how kind God has been to you. And some of you, you're in this place where you've been asking for something for a long time and, and you haven't received it. I want to encourage you just keep asking. God doesn't put a limit on. He doesn't say, hey, if you ask twice and the answer is no, then stop. He says, ask, ask, ask. But what about the things that were asked that weren't given? And we we've all been there. Some of us are there right now. I think this is true. We don't want a God that we can control. We don't want a God that is below us. We don't even want a God that is equal to us. We don't want a God that does everything we ask every time. And you're like, no, I actually do want that. Let's think about it like this. We need a God that is beyond us. A God that is bigger than us. We need a God who can heal us, a God who can deliver us. We can't do that for ourselves. Have you ever had a moment where you were overwhelmed with your sin or your condition or your problems and you did everything that you knew to do to to get rid of it? And you realize there is nothing in my spirit. There is nothing in me that can change this. I need God's help. We need a God that is beyond us, that is bigger than us. We have such a limited perspective. We don't understand why our aunt died, even though we prayed with faith. We don't understand why our parents didn't reconcile. We don't understand why we haven't found a spouse. Why your kids are making the choices that they are, you don't understand why you haven't been healed. God reminded me of Job this week. Go and read Job. He loses his wife, loses his children, he loses his business, he loses his retirement, everything. And for 38 chapters, he's just wrestling with God, just like any of us would. And he comes to this moment he's just been giving it to God. He's been giving God his very real heart. He's been giving him um, what he's been feeling. And, and he has this moment in Job chapter 39. Or Job chapter 38. It says, then the Lord spoke to Job. And this is what he said. Who is this that obscures my plans? With words without knowledge. Brace yourself like a man, Job. I will question you and you shall answer me. And then he goes on to say, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? And he just goes into this conversation with Job where Job's just, because he has a limited perspective, just giving it to God, which is what God wants. He wants his heart. And then he says, Job, you don't understand. Job 42 then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Sitting in the unknown, You don't know everything. I don't know everything. And I was reminded of of the other promises in scripture that that you come to God and you're going, I'm asking and I'm not receiving. And I ask and I didn't receive God. What is going on? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with you? We ask every question that we can think of. And we have to remember the holistic story of scripture, Romans 8 chapter 28, where, where, where Paul says, don't you know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him? And what God is doing right now in the midst of your unanswered prayers is he's going, I will work. The question is, do you love me? Do you love me even when you're not getting what you're asking for? Because he promises he's gonna work for the good if we love him. The question is, do you love him? Will you keep loving him? Will you keep trusting him? He says, ask and you will receive. He says, seek and you will find Seek and you will find. You know that feeling when you're looking for something that you can't find? Maybe it's your keys or your phone. It's probably your keys or your phone, right? And you look everywhere and that feeling of I've got to be somewhere (laughs) and you can't find it. It might be the most frustrating feeling, right? And that's how it sometimes feels when it comes to God. And we're doing everything we can to hear from God, to be in God's presence, to know God, to get an answer from God. And it feels like we're playing this cosmic game of, of hide and seek that we're always seeking and never finding. And Jesus says, seek and you will find. But what does that mean when it comes to prayer? I've been asking this week, is there a difference between asking and seeking or is Jesus just saying the same thing three different times here? Is he saying ask, seek, knock? Are those the same things or is he trying to teach us something? And I wonder if Jesus is showing us a progression that there is a greater cost, but there's also a greater reward. You know, when you ask, when, when I go to my mom or I go to my dad and I ask for something, that's one thing, but when you seek it out, it requires a whole nother level Asking is easy. Seeking is much harder. Seeking involves vulnerability. Seeking involves risk. Seeking involves research. Think about the way you sought out a job or a relationship. You almost stalked her, right? Like it was borderline how much you studied her because you wanted her. I wonder if if some of us have hit a ceiling with God because we're willing to ask but we're not willing to seek. And what are we seeking? I wonder if if God is the intended object of this passage. He says this in other places in scripture, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I was listening to this teaching earlier this week by this man named John Tyson, and he says this, asking is about what God can do for us. Seeking is about knowing God. Asking is about getting what is in God's hand. Seeking is about about getting what is in God's heart. You see, God does not desire to string us along. We're not chasing the end of a rainbow. Did you ever do that as a kid? You're like, there's a pot of gold there. It's not impossible to know God. It's not impossible to to hear from God and to have intimacy with God and to find what it is that your heart's actually looking for. If you seek, you will find. And I love the way that he ends this section. He says, knock and the door will be open. Knock and the door will be open. And what Jesus is implying to us is that right now, there are some metaphorical doors that are shut, some things that we're not experiencing, some things that we're not seeing, things that are not currently in our lives. And I love the invitational nature of what Jesus is showing us here about who God is. Think about this. When someone is standing on your front porch or standing in front of your dorm room, when our house church comes over to our house, when our neighbors come over, they're they're, they're knocking and they're not yet in. But then there's this moment where the door swings open and they come in and it's this moment of, of invitation into friendship. When the door is open, it's this moment of, of welcoming, of fellowship, this moment of saying, what is mine is now yours. And yet for a lot of us, when it comes to prayer, man, you feel like someone that's standing on the front porch and you can see the lights on and you know that they're home because the cars are in the garage. Like, you know God is there because he's answering your friends' prayers and and your friends are walking with God and people in your house church are walking with God, but but you're not experiencing that same thing with God and it feels like you're just banging on that door and and God just refuses to get up and come answer. And what Jesus is showing us here about who God is is that, that God wants to share everything with us. That God wants to share his heart, God wants to share his passion. God wants to share his resources. God wants to share his will with us. The, the, the door is knocked on and the door is open so that you and I could come in and, and have fellowship and have friendship with God. It's in his presence that we, that we understand who he is more fully and what his heart is about. Think about the way that this works. You know, we we're hanging out with Garrett and Kelly on Friday. And we're friends with them, but there was something about hanging out with them where I go, man, I saw Garrett's heart in a whole new way. Dude loves kids and he's great with kids. And the joy of Kelly, it is, it is contagious, just being in her presence. And there's something about when, when, when the door swings open, you get to know the things that, that people care most about. And the same is true of God. He's saying, I don't desire for you to stand on the porch and knock. I desire you to come into my house and to know my heart. To know my will, to know my purposes. So what does that look like? To, to knock through prayer. I thought about the story in Genesis, this man named Jacob. You can go and read this in Genesis chapter 32. It's this really weird story. If you have questions, ask Andrew about him." And it's this moment where he's, he's wrestling with God. Like God is, God is in the, the flesh. It's just this hard to describe story. But what, what is beautiful about it is that Jacob grabs hold of God and he will not let God go. He's saying, I, I know that, that you are God. I know that you have the power. I know that you're the one that brings blessing. I know that, that your heart is good and I will not let you go until you bless me. See, knocking on on the door is is knowing God, refusing to let go of God, who God has said God is and what God is going to do. God is seeing and knowing God's heart more fully and, and becoming passionate about the things that are in God's heart. So what does that look like? Think about several passages of scripture where we we pray the promises of God back to God, where you discover that in God's presence, you start to want the things that, that God actually wants. So you read passage of scripture like Isaiah chapter 61 where it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me and he's, he has sent me to proclaim good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted and to, to release the oppressed and to, and to release those who are in prison. And Jesus shows up in Luke chapter four and he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in my reading. And so we read that as, as God's people. And when you know God's heart, when you're, when you're walking with God, when you're sitting in the, the metaphorical living room with God, you go, God, you said that you're gonna set the oppressed free. And yet as I look around, there are so many systems and layers and people who are still living oppressed. God, you said you were gonna do this. God, you have to do this. The hatred and the division, God, we we need you. And you said that you would, God. We're knocking on that door. God, tell the truth. Keep your promise and use us. And it's in God's presence that we go, man, what are the, the places of oppression? And if God is working for, for the release, how do we work for the release? If, if God is working for those who, to bind up those who are broken hearted, we go, God, you, you said you're gonna do this. Who are the people in my life that need you? It's 1 Timothy chapter two, where, where, where Paul says that God wants all people to come to a knowledge of him and to be saved. And yet all of us, we look around and we go, there's some people in our lives that this is not true. And so we go, God, we know that you want all people to come to know you. Reveal your heart, God, pour out your love, open eyes, open heart. We stay and we knock on that door because we know that it is God's heart. Knocking, it's about fellowship with God. It's about our hearts being connected with his heart. It's about his will becoming our will, his desires, our desires. It says in verse eight, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open. I love that he says, this is for everyone. God responds to Everyone. no matter your age, no matter the path that you've taken, the sin you've chosen, the sin you've stumbled into. You see, when someone starts asking, when someone starts seeking, when someone starts knocking, what it reveals is that you believe God has something that you are after. That God has knowledge, God has power, God has salvation in his hand, willing and ready to give to all who call upon him. So some of you come here and you go, man, I wanna know God. I've been in church my whole life or this is my first time in in church. I wanna know if he's real. I wanna know if if he loves me. I wanna know if he sees me. I wanna know if 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 he hears me. And the words to you are the words of Jesus. Ask and seek and knock as intensely as you pursue your job with the fervor in which you pursued that girl ask and seek and knock but why why did Jesus tell us this verses 9 through 11 which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a snake if you then though you are evil it's a tough pill to swallow If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Why does God tell us to ask and seek and knock? Because we are God's children. And God loves God's children more than an earthly parent could ever love their earthly children. I love what Tyson said in that podcast I was listening to. He said the the number one issue that we will have to contend with is believing in the goodness of God. That Satan wants us to doubt the goodness in the heart of God. He exists to erode the character of God in our minds. You see, God always wants to reveal his goodness and Satan always wants to destroy it. What happens when we forget that all of our sins have been taken away because of Jesus? What happens when Christians forget that? We hide and we medicate and Satan has us where he wants us. You know, we see this all the time in, in people who, who just lavish good gifts on their kids. You know, my, my children were hanging out with our next door neighbor. Yesterday, they were riding out in the rain. They probably have colds right now and, and, and they're, they're, they're riding their scooters and the, the neighbor says, I'm going to Disney World tomorrow. I'm like, you're going to Disney World tomorrow? You need to tell Josh Link. He wants to go with you. And, and, and he, he said, my mom and I are going to Disney World. We're getting up early and we're going to Disney World. And I'm like, man, what? A, I wanted just to go and say, you're a great mom. <laughs> like, I know how expensive that is. <laughs> and the fact that you're doing all that for your kid We know how to to, to give good gifts. You've been recipients of of good gifts and yet we have such a hard time believing that God actually wants to do this for us, right? We have such a hard time believing that that God views us as his children, that he wants to lavish all that we need to us. But when we really consider, when we really consider that, that Jesus was sent to die for our sins, And when we really let that get into our heart, like that's just a pure gospel. When you you understand that that Christ came to take away your sin, to forgive you, to cover you, to show you how dearly loved you are. When you understand that, you know that God is for you. You have confidence to ask and to seek and to not. So what do we do with this? So next Sunday, we're, we're stepping into a, a season of prayer and of fasting as a church family. And some right now, you go, man, it's, it's too much of a burden to even think about doing that. Like, I'm so busy. Life is just hard. And, and, and I want to just invite you, if, if that is where you come this morning, just give God 10 minutes a day. You're like, that doesn't sound like much. God's not pleased with that. I'm just telling you, if, if you will just devote 10 minutes a day to God, start small. You know, our human tendency is like to, to set the goal way high, you haven't worked out in forever. I'm going to run a marathon. Doesn't happen, right? Like you haven't read the Bible in forever. I'm going to read the whole thing. You're done day 3, right? Start small. I'm going to pray for 10 minutes because what happens if you will consistently give God 10 minutes every day? You'll start to discover after months or or even a year, I've got more to talk about. I need 11 minutes. I need 12 minutes. I need 13 minutes. I need half an hour. I need two hours. You know, I was, this girl in my house church last year, she said, I wake up in the morning and it's a good morning and I get like two to three hours with God. I'm like, what? What do you do for three hours, right? Like, and it just shows where I am on my journey and what she has with God. I want to encourage you to start small. Some of you, as we step into this season of prayer and fasting, you've been so burned. And you're so angry at God. And I wanna just invite you to take it to God in prayer. Read through the Psalms. Listen to the way that people talk to God. Things are not gonna get resolved in your heart and your soul by ignoring them and by ignoring God. God wants to heal. Some of you, this is your first time to to fast and you're going, man, you're, you're excited. You're like... This is the year that I'm I'm, I'm getting serious about God, that I wanna know his heart more fully. I'm tired of of living like a child. I wanna grow up and mature. And and, and, and I'm excited for you to experience the blessing of fasting. I'm excited to see what God is going to do in your heart. Some of you, you you don't feel worthy. You're like, there's no way that I can pray and fast for, for 15 other people in our city. I've got so much stuff in my own heart. So much sin and so much baggage. And you just understand that because of Jesus, you are forgiven. Because of Jesus, you are loved. And there's something about turning your heart and your mind towards other people that helps elevate you, that helps strengthen you. And I wanna really just encourage us throughout this fast, the list of names that's in your packet, your unique list of names, unique people, 15 different people that each of us has cry out on their behalf. What's really cool is that, that someone is gonna be praying for you. Like, that's pretty cool. Like the, Hopefully the way this is going to work is that you live in Davidson County, you're gonna get a letter saying, hey, for the past 30 days, you know, I've been praying for you. And I wanna encourage you to pray with a fervor. Like, if you knew God was going to answer every prayer that someone was praying for you, what would you want them praying for? And pray for these people. Pray trusting that, that God is going to move. There's a story in the middle of, of Mark that, that Jesus said, This this type that there's something that is going on in this person's heart, it can only be driven out by prayer and by fasting. That there is something unique that God does when the people of God set aside for the people for the purpose of drawing near. So today we're gonna take communion. Take a piece of bread and a cup of juice. And we do this to, to remember that Christ has been crucified, that our sins have been forgiven, that we have been given new life. If you come here today and, and you wanna become a follower of Jesus, you can do that. Andrew and Nana and I mean, there'll be some other people that or banner, Come and talk to us. If you come here today and, and you're just discouraged, it's been a hard week or a hard month and you just need some prayer, come to the back, we'd love to just pray for you. For the rest, I wanna invite you to, to, to gather into groups of two or three to take their bread and to, to drink that cup and to share what the Lord is stirring in your heart. For some of you, God is, is stirring this desire in you for, 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 for you to, to know him more. Some of you, you're, you're having a hard time believing. Share that. Some of you wanna have a heart more for those that don't know Jesus. Share that. There's something about the breaking the bread and the drinking the cup where God meets us and he opens our eyes. Let me pray for us. We'll take communion. God, thank you for this morning, for these men and these women and these children that have gathered here for you. God, I pray that you would pour out just a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on us. That The ways of this world that have gotten into our living and our thinking, that that you would take those away as we take communion today, that you would refresh us, that you would rescind us, God. I pray that there will be people that come to know you that don't yet know you because of our prayers, because because of our willing to talk about you and to share you and to testify to who you are and what you're doing. And so God, meet us in communion. Bless these people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.